Oh, Byron, this is my mic quality. What? Whatever. Yeah? Doesn't matter. It's not, not like, hey, I spent, like, actually I didn't spend any money on this. This was, I, I think. I'm shocked! I, I really am shocked! I'm pretty sure this was when I was playing League of Legends with a bunch of my college friends, and I didn't have a mic, and so my friend, I'm pretty sure, just bought the cheapest mic on Amazon and sent it to me. is dumb and boring and that's why you've got your good pals at the album listening club to get you through these awful times where your friends won't shut the fuck up about pokemon on twitter 24 fucking hours a day seven days a goddamn week joined by my good pal boner see mike pence bought the new pokemon and he opened it up and it oh said mike pence God. you suck it just gets worse it just gets worse <laughs> Byron Halcher, you're with us today. I am with you, and gazing longingly at my 3DS right now, because this is just another distraction keeping me from catching them all. You do know that I punted John off of the SoxCast this uh, past Friday, right? So I'm not, no, was... I'm not above kicking people off my podcasts anymore. Oh, uh, is that, is, my guess was correct then. I haven't listened to that one just yet. <laughs> and of course... That is the lovely Taylor rounding out the, the, the discussion table here. I am currently about 30% Benadryl, 20% mucus, and 50% steel reserve. That's, yeah. that's, a, that's a good... Uh, that's, <laughs> you, you sound like you were absolutely ready for the week that is ahead of us. When you got to steel reserve, I was like, ew. <laughs> oh, I see. What because mucus, mean. that's not the disgusting part. I, yeah, uh, yeah, I see. I see. I've got, I've, I've got inch-thick ribeyes, french fries, and apple crumble waiting for me when I get done with this and start cooking it. <laughs> I'm all about the ribeye. All about the inch-thick. But, but, more so than the ribeye, and more so than the inch-thick, like our good pal Byron, I'm all about the music here on the Album Listening Club, and this time we are being led, unfortunately... But Byron Halter, so take it away. This is your episode. It's your time to shine. This is attempt number two. Right. Well, uh, for for this, uh, I was going to say months episode, but it, it doesn't always work out like that. <laughs> Not uh, quite. No, yeah, months. Multiple months. <laughs> this this quarter's episode. Um, um, 
I've chosen uh, the album uh, Summering by the Bronzed Chorus, um, who are probably one of my favorite bands. Uh, I've been seeing them live for about a decade. Uh, back in college, uh, I used to help run a DIY music space in the basement of one of our dorms. Uh, and these are this is one of the bands that would... Uh, come through like on a yearly basis they would always play they played our 10-year anniversary show they just played our 15-year anniversary show earlier this month um it's the band is two dudes from north carolina uh one dude adam who plays guitar and has one of the biggest pedal boards i've ever seen uh and the other guy hunter uh who plays drums uh, and an old Atari and some other keyboards and like a whole bunch of uh, weird stuff. Um, and that's it. It's just like two guys in the band with just like percussion and guitar and a little bit of like electronic bleeps and bloops. Um, and they've been putting on, they've been touring together for, for about 10 years. Uh, they took a little break while uh, Adam uh, had to deal with, I, I think, some like carpal tunnel issues. Um, so they didn't they didn't put up out an album for a couple years, uh, and now now finally they, they returned. They came out with this album. They're they're touring. I think they're even touring now. Um, so if they're in your area, uh, check them out. Um, and uh, and yeah, this is uh, this is their new album that that just came out like uh, I think in August, uh, if I if I remember correctly. Boy, it's fresh wound there. We got some fresh meat on the this thing. I think that's like the freshest of meat we've ever had on a, a listening club before. They so came are, out yeah. with an album called Summering in August. It's practically fall by that point. Mm, is it mm, not I, where I live? <laughs> do y'all even have seasons? Uh, we have blazing hot, two weeks of nice, chilly, two weeks of nice. Two weeks of chill. And Polyland. And Polyland, we only have the killing season. <laughs> I'm all about the blazing seasons and the chilling seasons. You you know me. Oh, uh, yeah. Is it? And chill it every month twenty. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm borrow- borrowed a friend's medical card, so you know, for over the course of the next week, we're just going to be in a Thanksgiving blaze. There you go. Um, but but I guess uh, I guess to describe this band for for uh those who haven't heard of them before, I I'd maybe say like post-rock math rock like w- would you guys say that accurate i'm not so good with the musical type word goods uh, i hate, um, I hate um, musical genres so don't ask me my, my yeah. description for this uh, band's genre is music for people who make craft beer mm-hmm. I, well by byron's uh, analysis was apt i've been calling them battles core mm. I, yeah I, uh, <laughs> might be a preview of something i'm going to say a lot <laughs> i was gonna ask that yeah it's just like oh yeah that's definitely where i can see this conversation going a lot through over the next hour or so <laughs> no uh um definitely uh should we just like start diving right into it go for it all right uh so uh first track uh we have is don't go to the pool party um is it opening up the album uh if you haven't listened to this this album before i would say like the intro um to this song sounds a lot like like classic bronze chorus uh like some of their their previous album of um 
I'm a really big they they do uh they definitely spend a lot of the time on this album like building up towards uh certain crescendos and then kind of like returning it uh back low. Um and I really love the the build up uh the build up in here in the middle. Um and then like definitely uh I think from like two minute like two fifty or so, uh is one of the first times you get to hear Hunter, the drummer, um playing keyboards while also jamming out uh with uh jamming out on drums um which is like crazy to see live because he's like a very energetic uh drummer um but at the same time he's just got like one hand off of the drum set and jamming down on keyboards um yeah i i i really i think this this track is definitely like a a sign of things to come with the rest of the album um yeah absolutely it's kind of definitely like you hear this track you know what the rest of this album's doing. Yeah, yeah. I uh yeah, but I, I love I, I really like the way at the end uh it kind of all it, it ties together like ending it in a really big blaze. Uh Polly, what'd you think about it? I thought, hey, is this the new Modest Mouse album? Where's Isaac Brock? <laughs> Whoops. Oh, I, I thought um I like the the song name. That's pretty cool. <laughs> It's generally good advice, too. Yeah, yeah. Because yeah. I don't like to go to pool parties. Man. I hate them. Um, I don't know. Like, you say that it, like, has this build-up to a crescendo, and to me it felt more like a build-up to doing a thing and then continuing to do that thing for three more minutes. Well, it I think really, it built it... up to a thing and then dropped back to the thing they were doing before. Yeah, definitely. Mm. Like, uh, I'm going to be honest, a lot of this album just kind of runs together for me because, oh boy, it's very similar. Yeah, they definitely have, like, a certain sound. They have a sound and a very, like, they, boy, they love that one tempo. Yeah. <laughs> uh, well. It's it's a tempo oh. conducive to playing keyboards while you're also trying exactly. to play drums. Exactly. <laughs> like, I like, there's an airiness to it that I like. Um, and you can definitely tell, like, a lot of pedal board work going on here. Oh, yes. Else, else, how is this, you know, like, if just two people, and, and, like, this is not a live album, is it? It sounds like it is. Because um, it is called, like... It's, no, it's not, uh, the, the album itself isn't a live album. I did think I sent you guys a, uh, a SoundCloud link to a recording of the show I was at, actually, where they played through the whole album. Yeah. Um, and it does sound, like, pretty similar, actually. Yeah, so like, because be I did some flipping back and forth between the SoundCloud you sent and then the actual thing, and it was like, okay, this is very similar, and you still kind of get... It sounds like there's way more going on, and it sounds like there are way more people there, and it's slightly, it is very largely due to the fact that there's a lot of pedal board work going on here. Yeah, definitely. Uh, but yes. as far as the opening track itself, I just kind of don't really feel like it built up too much. Ooh. Ooh. Yeah, the, the about the pedal board, everything and like throughout the whole album, it's just reverby, uh, all, all up the wazoo. Like, kind of trying to pick out individual instruments. You're like, okay, I think that's a guitar, but it's really kind of running together with the keyboards. Um, this one's interesting to me because it just starts like with this really clean, like almost like beach rocky guitar pulse. 
and then builds up to the more proggy stuff, but then it, it falls back really quick on that uh, that kind of sound that it came with the outset. Um, mm-hmm. So, yeah, like Polly said, it's just a big, yep, this is what you're going to be listening to for the duration. I happened to send my cohorts a picture of what this guy's pedal board looks like in the chat. I was immediately which... drawn to the bag of Funyuns, personally. <laughs> Ew. Uh, I think this song is pretty groovy. I like the plinky plink and all of the weird uh, sounds that aren't guitar but are obviously being played on a guitar-isms mm-hmm. that they've got going on. Mm-hmm. But, um, yeah, I don't know. That's kind of a... I didn't have like a strong reaction to uh, many of the songs on here, but I think this is one of the more memorable ones, if only because it comes at the start of the album. <laughs> hmm. And it's your first impression. It's like, okay, this is like a thing that I haven't really given a, a chance to yet. Let's 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 give this a go. Let's see what we got. Does it? Does that dude have astroturf on the sole of his shoe? I wouldn't be surprised. They're definitely two uh, interesting dudes. Track uh, number two is books. Book. Um, Hashtag book. Hashtag book. Um, which I know is a, a thing. Uh, every, everybody loves books uh, in this day and age. Or ebooks at least. Um, books on tape. <laughs> All Dan Brown. Do, do they still make sets. books on... Actually, no. I take They're called audio books now. No, I on podcasts and shit. I I was definitely at an airport recently and did see a like they were still selling like cassette books on tape uh at like one of the gift shops that I had popped into. So is this like a is this like a hipster nostalgia thing for cassettes cuz it's like yep. well vinyls making a comeback Very so hey so. cassettes will too. Yeah. Yeah, you know what the difference between vinyls and cassettes was? Cassettes vinyls sound did, like shit. <laughs> exactly. Vinyls don't sound like ass. <laughs> yeah, somebody wanted to sell me um, an ex-military uh, cassette, and I was like, the fuck am I going to do with that? I definitely bought a cartridge. I definitely bought a Vaporwave cassette kind of recently. Well, um, did they release Vaporwave on anything else? That's a... Uh, I, I'm not sure. Probably, like, limited edition uh, MP3, like, Chinese MP3 players, maybe. Like, those, yeah. like, $3 <laughs> ones you can buy in bulk. Just, like, preloaded with all the tracks. Yeah. I, I could I, believe that. I don't know, because Ramona Xavier just puts all of her shit on Bandcamp, and she pretty much, like, invented that shit. <laughs> so, books! 
Oh yeah, right. We're, we're <laughs> talking about an album here. Um, no, this uh, this actually uh, was was I'd say like one of the uh, one of the the, the lesser uh, interesting tracks to me uh, on the album. Like I I thought like the slow burn kind of like intro, um, and then like uh, going kind of into like a. a like a minute a minute or so in going like really transcendent just for like a little bit um and then like really like kicking into it like uh at the latter half around like three minutes or so um i i really like that at the end um the way everything i don't know i i felt the the song really uh it did come together like kind of at the end but you you definitely had to wait for it for like yeah, three it or comes so minutes together or, at the yeah. end but then there's nothing left like it yeah. takes it <laughs> takes all the time getting there and then there's nothing left. It's like, oh, hey, like, this is what, a five-minute song that yep. spends all of its runtime getting to that cool part of the end, and then there's 13 seconds left? Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, Just that's... Just like uh, sex. Boom! I think... No. I guess I kind of appreciate this track because throughout it, there's just this a really interesting polyrhythm thing going on between the guitar, the guitar's echo repeats, and the hi-hats that's kind of trippy to listen to. Hmm. So, I don't know. I, I kind of keyed in on that, which is one of the things that made this track uh, among the memorable ones from my perspective. Mm-hmm. Cool. So, here's my thing with this, and I, I don't know if anybody else had this experience, but you know, I, I I generally tend to listen to these things while I'm doing chores or whatever, and then maybe I'll give it like one listen with headphones just to see if there was anything I missed. And I was noting how like there's definitely like a percussive element to a lot of the guitar scratches in you know some of these songs. This one's the first one where it really jumped out at me. I think that's a real signature of their overall sound, at least from this record that I can mm-hmm. tell. Yeah. But also in the left channel only, there's like a distinct scratchy sound that it almost sounds like it doesn't belong in there, like it's coming from the next room. <laughs> and it's like it's almost like they left their click track in. I I don't <laughs> Did anybody else hear that? Um It could be something weird with the snare going on, but I tend to listen to these in the car at obscene volumes and then the day of I listen on good headphones so I mean I was I was um <laughs> I, I lose a lot in the wash <laughs> like I was I was checking my browser tabs to see if something else was playing sound it just sounded so out of place and then it it happens in a couple other tracks mm-hmm. I, yeah, it's either. only maybe in the left channel maybe oh. something with the way they they mic their drums no I I think I hear what he's I think I hear what you're talking about now um <laughs> He's the guitar player has like a wacky stereo setup. I, I have Spotify open in the other uh, window. So what's happening is there's a ping ponging delay thing going on, but oh because the because the guitars are mostly mixed off to the right and the keyboards are kind of mixed to center to the left in this song, you can really hear the stereo echo scratches. Yeah. In the left channel. <laughs> that just sounds like a weird thing for to be in there. It's because the left channel is a little more uh, dry compared to the right channel, so anything that happens over there tends to stand out a lot, like the hi-hats and the snares. Mm. 
Glad we have you, uh, audio expert Taylor. <laughs> uh, yes, I'm the audio expert. Yeah, among absolutely, us. absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, three three years of college versus however the fuck long Polly's been running music studios. <laughs> <laughs> It's probably probably my favorite song in the album, uh, Calabungo, Ohio. Um, yeah, this is this is definitely uh, definitely like I, I think one of the peaks in the album. Um, getting to hear like some more of, of Hunter's keyboard setup, uh, and, like while he's while he's playing drums. I, I really love the like uh, the like bouncy rhythm that it gets into, um, and then like hearing uh specifically like around two i think two minutes in you really can hear like the yeah he has this like weird hacked atari setup um mm. where it's like circuit bent uh and getting into hearing that um and then like uh from like two two thirty on uh like the layering that it really gets into um i i really liked that uh and then kind of like fading out with the uh, with the drums like in the drum rhythm like slowing down a bit but still like in sync with the uh, with the the rest of uh with the guitar and stuff like that um no this is this is definitely like one of one of my favorite songs yeah this is uh, a high and, point definitely yeah. a high point i think this is if like hey look after 10 minutes the album decided to get uh you know interesting it woke up <laughs> definitely like this track just for all the reasons that byron mentioned there's just a lot of cool shit going on the layering and then Obviously, the weird key stuff going on, and then, like, the Atari sounds just being nice and fucked up. Like, I like that shit. Like, that's definitely, <laughs> definitely music to my ears. So, Byron, uh, I have to ask, is this a concept album? <laughs> Not that I know of, but maybe it, it could be. Everything's okay. a concept album. Everything. <laughs> If you yeah, believe it, yeah. We're gonna we're gonna put money we're gonna put an album out and we wanted to make money. What a concept. The, the real concept album was the the friends we made along the way. I could use a little fuel myself and we could all use a little change. <laughs> yeah. I said no. Shit. Um, we but, have fun here, ladies and gentlemen. We have fun. Wise. We have fun. Uh, but why do you ask, Boner? Uh, because this is like the this is the RPG music where they like get to the village of the tree people. Like it starts out with that you know that weird mysterious scent thing, and then there is the part where it gets into the tribal drums. It's like playing for you the song of my people. Yeah. Um, mm. I, I see that. 
this one was interesting um, just because it was, I was like, hey, that's in 3-4 time. That's different. Right. And um, I don't know. That weird click track thing just came back on me again. Um, <laughs> so... <laughs> Now, now I don't hey. think I'm going to be able to unhear it next time I listen to yeah. the album. You're <laughs> welcome. Right away. I mean, hey, we all, every once in a while, you just keep in on something like the horrible guitar mix in 12 by uh, uh, whatever that band was, Killing Joke. <laughs> whatever that band was. Okay, yeah. thanks, yeah. yeah. <laughs> She's not wrong, though. <laughs> Also, another one. another song with a really a really good title. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, I definitely uh, I definitely like it. Some uh, maybe some Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles influence uh, on there. Probably. When was that word ever not a Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles reference? Like, d- is there anybody who's saying like I remember in the fifties where we were surfing, we would say that all the time. Now kids these days with their stupid pizza eating turtle cartoons don't even know the true meaning of the word. Uh, you would be surprised, Boner. <laughs> I, I actually, I just looked it up. Uh, Cowabunga. It was from the 1940s, originally Cowabonga. It's an exclamation frequently used by the character Chief Thunderthud on the Howdy Doody show. Was this oh. a racist caricature? Yes. That's what uh, I thought. That's <laughs> what I thought. <laughs> You come to the album listening club to learn, folks, and boy, oh boy, uh, did we learn more every yeah. time we're together. I mean, oh, hey, I, I did bitch about ableism on the Killing Joke record, so yeah. all those all those anti SJWs can bitch about this podcast now too. There you go. This podcast is queer baiting. <laughs> it is. It is not queer baiting. Me and Polly will fuck eventually. Exactly. This is it's inevitable. Baiting me right now. It's like, when's it gonna happen? You should be fucking right now. Oh burn. Just gotta wait for it. Next season, maybe. Yeah, it's like episode twenty-six, last five minutes of the show. You know, you've wasted all that time to get here. Might give you the tail. Listen to a lot of shitty albums on the way. Yeah. <laughs> Taylor, what do you think of this track? Uh, it reminds me of. Being in small town Michigan, <laughs> I do I do think that the lot that these song titles do help in setting the mood, and this is the soundtrack to the depressing Midwest. Mm. <laughs> but I liked it. It's very neat and glitchy and synth poppy mixed with uh, other kinds of music. <laughs> yeah. I kind of have a problem calling this music chip tune specifically, and I know that's how it was tagged on Bandcamp. Which is dumb. oh, that's interesting. Yeah, it's yeah, because to me, to me, chip tune is like you're you're using musical techniques to make music that sounds like it could have been, you know, from an old video game or something. Not okay. There's synths in here, and yeah, even though he is using a an actual Atari, that kind of paints it in a different light but it's it's prog rock it's it's there's other elements to it yeah you know they did they didn't exactly load up a fama tracker section for the right. session for this shit no, <laughs> right no, not right. at all no. yeah <laughs> I, I definitely wouldn't qualify it as as chiptunes uh i think that was uh it was definitely one of the more like not not recent i would say but like uh for a while it was just them on um uh, it it was just originally uh, Hunter 
Hunter on on the drums without playing any of the keyboards. Uh, Hunter was actually, if I remember correctly, uh, just the touring drummer originally. Um, in like their very early work, there was another drummer uh, who was like doing the writing and, and the recording, and then Hunter was just the touring drummer. But then uh, eventually the 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 drummer dropped out, and when Hunter became like the main actual drummer and recording with them, that's when he started bringing in like the keyboards and stuff like that. Um, yeah, it's definitely not chip tunes, but I do think it like helps fill out their sound a little. Um, yeah, it definitely adds something to where like this would kind of be a little boring if you didn't have <laughs> some surprises in there, something to kind of stir the pot a bit. But it's definitely not like Anamanaguchi no, or like no, some no. other like chip tune rock. Uh, yeah, yeah. Um, cool, cool. Um, right along uh we've got tin roof burrito um, i like this song a lot this song is probably my favorite you want to take it away polly just fucking hell this, this song's chaos it's just yeah. fucking like at first it's the goddamn silliest thing i thought i was hearing but like the more i heard it and the deeper it got into the track and just the way everything kind of rounds out in the end it's just like this is like the most consistent track on the album, I think. It just, it's super representative of what I wish this entire album was. Maybe with like a little more variety and like, you know, tempo and stuff. But, uh, Jesus, like, it's just a silly fucking track that is way better than, than I really thought it was going to be. And then it just completely won me over. And it's, it is my favorite track on the album, hands down. Like, just, like production wise composition like everything just comes together i think better than any other track on this entire record mm. so i think that uh if this had been like a force like a four song ep <laughs> <laughs> and it ended here i would probably have come away from this uh with a glowing opinion because mm -hmm. I, I do think the first four tracks sort of constitute like a side one, so to speak. Yeah, and I see that. The first, the first four tracks feel, including Tim Root Burrito, they can get samey and a little bit, uh, you know, locked into a specific kind of mode. But I think up to this point, you know, when you get to the end of this song, those first four tracks feel very fulfilling. And this does feel like the closer to like a shorter EP because it gets louder than we've heard before and yeah. more chaos and distorted guitar work and all this other stuff that starts going on. And it's a pretty cool song. Absolutely.
Yeah, if Calabunga, Ohio was the uh, village of the tree people music, then Tin Root Burrito is the um, RPG overworld music. It, it, you know, it, it starts like with the plinky guitars and then just like almost immediately it's just like, nope, we're distortion, fuzz, fucking here we go. Yeah, <laughs> this song some... takes you on a fucking ride. <laughs> yeah, they, yeah, they've got some pretty squirrely polyrhythms too. Um, like in the middle, little percussion breaks there. Me rhythms. Me, me, but me, me. I don't follow. Holly <laughs> rhythms. Yeah. Yeah, and then there's that there's that synth hook that's like dominantly in the right channel, which uh, I think Taylor, you said they were panned like mostly to the right, somewhat center. Yeah. It's just, yeah, it's um I don't know I didn't hate it. <laughs> the highest, the you. highest boner praise you'll ever get for anything. I'll, I'll, I'll take it. I'll, I'll, I'll take it. It's much better than anything we, I heard from him on, uh, on PC music. That's for sure. <laughs> no, no, I, I loved. I, I had glowing things to say about. Though I love you, baby, it still drives me crazy. Now I've saved you as a picture on my phone. Oh my oh, god! I'm, I'm uh. so glad you just remember that. That, that, like, that. That's like. That's, <laughs> some someday you're like not going to be able to remember like your own phone number or something like that but those lyrics will be like standing <laughs> burned into your brain they and, spoke like, to me man okay <laughs> you see when i finally go on my inevitable homicidal rampage i think that pc music will be what i'm blaring from this you know, the boom box strapped to my back. Well, uh, volume two, uh, just came out this week. So, uh, for everybody, I mean, uh, re listening along at home, um, who enjoyed PC music, volume one, uh, go check out volume two. Um, Fuck you. <laughs> but, uh, going back to this album, uh, no, I, I definitely like, this is definitely the, the beginning uh, is one of the more, like, Taylor, you mentioned, like, battles, uh, and I, I felt like the intro was definitely one of the more, like, battles-style uh, songs. But, yeah, like, 1.30, it just starts, like, going nuts, and then 2.20 on, like, it, it, it's just, like, pure chaos. Like, I I love it. And uh, this song live was, like, was amazing. Like, uh, we the, the show was in... Uh, Actually, this show is in the, like, a recording studio inside the college radio station. Um, so it's just, it was just, like, packed uh, with, with people. And, like, when this was going on, I wouldn't say it was, like, moshing, per se, because there wasn't really enough room or, like, nobody wanted to knock down anything or get kicked out. Um, but there was definitely, like, the crowd was definitely, like, moving as, like, a unit for each of, like, the crashes. Um in this song and like i i yeah i i really enjoyed this track uh and also probably one of my favorite uh one of my favorite uh song titles on on the whole album for what yeah it's, it's it's pretty good <laughs> it's pretty good um
And now, uh, now maybe moving on a little bit, uh, we go to It Snows Here Forever, um, which is a bit of a snoozer. It's yeah. pretty much just, like, <laughs> intermission track. Um, when they played this album, like, live at the show, it was actually essentially, like, a tune-up song. Um, and it was, like, they, they played this, um like the beginning part of it they just were playing on like a sampler um while like hunter was tuning up his his drums and and adam was tuning his guitar um and then kind of like in the latter half of it like moving into it um so it like yeah actually i don't even think uh there was any real uh part of this like before getting into how good of friends you are uh for how good of friends are you um so i definitely thought it was in inspired choice to have this on the album as just kind of an ambient lull in between the tracks um I mean, maybe you needed a little bit of a calm down after tin roof burrito but eh, maybe it could have just been left off altogether honestly i just would i think i think yeah it, it definitely like uh it separates like the first half from like the next couple of tracks yeah. um Maybe like you said, Taylor, like in terms of it kind of being like the four track like EP and then definitely like putting a solid break in the middle um, between the next couple of ones. Um, and we'll we'll see this uh, this again a little bit later in the album. Um, anybody have any other thoughts about this one? I'll say this. this about this track. When when anyone uses the thing of sampling instruments but playing them backwards and using that to like be an actual melody like like cutting those up and like using that as an instrument of itself um if i notice that that's what they're doing like i immediately hate it like if if you could make a song with that and i don't know that's what you're doing then i'd be like oh yeah sure this song's great i think the only place that that's ever been used and i don't hate it is uh jimmy hendrix are you experienced <laughs> so yeah <laughs> Well, yeah, that was just like the first 10 seconds of that, though. Yeah, that wasn't the <laughs> exactly basis right. of a song. The only place that I don't hate that. <laughs> Taylor, you have anything to add? The song is boring. I started skipping it. nice little pause it's a break and then we go back into uh how good of friends are you um which uh i i i really um w once the song like gets going especially like into like two minutes into it or so like it just turns into this huge like wall of sound like like i don't know uh i really it's I, again maybe some of the chaos from like tin roof burrito um they're just like throwing everything at you um 
and then like the the looping riff like i, I think like at one point because yeah he uses a lot of loop pedals and so it's definitely like in the latter half of it like he has a riff uh, and then that he like starts looping on himself and then he has another one that like harmonizes with it I think and it like mm -hmm. I, I really love it and then going into like distortion there at the end uh, until like it's a super chill outro like I, I think um, this definitely this is uh, this is one of my my, my favorite songs again that they, they played live uh, this one was just like when when it went into it like the crap the energy uh, in the room like really accelerated up um, and I thought that was cool. Uh, it seems like a song that would be better live than it is on record. I don't think that like the the I don't think that studio uh, wise it really sounds all that great. I was just kind of like, yeah, it's all right, you know. I didn't have super strong feelings on it. It, it. Again, it's like muddled, really muddled guitar sounds that kind of bleed into the sense. And there's like, there's reverb everywhere. And then about two thirds of the way in, they decide, Oh yeah, we want to be Mars Bolton now. So it just, they just mm. like, you know, dicks out. Um, <laughs> just yeah. Like rip, ripping some, some mad, just wall of sound like Byron said. And then, um, it it does this little fake stop on a Black Sabbath chord progression. I'm like, oh, the song's over, and no, it's still going. And, yeah. And no, now it's over. Okay. <laughs> uh, I, it's okay. This is uh interesting. You should mention live looping. There's another artist that uses a lot of live looping. <laughs> it's not Buckethead, is it? Nope. It's <laughs> Battles. <laughs> I think this is I think this is the album at its most battles esque. Yeah. <laughs> Which is not That's not, not a bad thing. It's just I don't think well, that it's done well on this particular track. Yeah, I don't know. I'll i I'll save I'll save my uh one liner for the album wrap up, <laughs> but yeah. <laughs> looking uh definitely looking forward to it. Um Moving right along, we got uh, Hounds of the Barrier, which uh, definitely the most JRPG-sounding track oh, title. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah they, I, they, they got that title out of uh, Coheed and Cambria's trash bin, didn't they? <laughs> well, they've got the Hound of Blood and Rank, so... Okay. Well, glad, glad somebody remembers that. Um, no, I... Uh, Definitely, like, I think at the beginning, they're using, uh, Adam's using one of those, like, Ebow, like, guitar thingies. Yeah. Um, um, and then, like, uh, like, that, they, they kind of slowly build up on that. Um, like, this, uh, I, I kind of like how, how chill this one starts out compared to, like, a lot of the other albums. Uh. Mm -hmm. Not so much the like chill of it snows here forever, um, but it has a good like uh, maybe menu music. Maybe if we're if we're gonna keep <laughs> using boners like RPG analogy. Oh no, this was an RPG music to me, but I'll I'll tell you what I think it is. Oh oh boy, um, yeah, and then uh, um, definitely like the point like past like around three minutes when it keeps alternating between these like. Uh, really sped up parts and then slowed down parts. I, I really like that. Um, I thought that showed like the the dynamic 
nature of that. I thought I thought that was really good. It's the kind of like you, the, the starty, stoppy, go nature, I guess, of it is what I would say. It kind of keeps it from being like propulsive and more just kind of like chuggy. Mm. Um, I, I, again, not like a song that I'm super into. It just kind of kind of rolls off of me every time that I uh, listen to it over the last month or so. It just kind of like yeah, I can uh, I, I could live with it or or without it. I just now thought about this. Um, the the Dinosaur Junior song, uh, "Feel the Pain," like how it changes tempo <laughs> and like it'll launch. Yeah. But would you say this is similar in that regard? I think the Dinosaur Junior song is mm. better. <laughs> well, <laughs> yeah, but <laughs> you, you know, you know that is not one of my favorite Dinosaur Junior songs. <laughs> but it's probably the Dinosaur Junior song that most people know. More than likely, yeah. That or that or freak scene, I guess. Yeah. Uh the song is okay, but it's like forty seconds longer than it needs to be. <laughs> I think if they, I think if they trimmed some of the intro and got into yeah. the, mm-hmm. if you would have gotten stop. into the actual song part like a little sooner, like usually I like I would actually do that. It was just like if I was listening to it on my phone or something, I would just like drag that little slider over a little bit, and maybe trim it <laughs> twenty twenty five seconds off of that, and it's like hey, yeah. you know, I can get down with this. I can get down with this. Yeah. it's not great, but, but I can get down with it. Yeah, hereafter though, this is where I really stop being able to tell the songs apart <laughs> unfortunately that's kind of that kind of does become a problem yeah definitely uh with not having any like lyrics to latch onto, and then sticking to largely like the same uh like guitar effects and the same uh a lot of similar like drum patterns yeah it's yeah that's muddy production and like the soundscapes they use are way too similar and yeah Yeah, it it becomes a problem of at at what point is he playing guitar and at one point and at what point is he playing effects pedals yeah that's that's the problem i've had the entire album (laughs) and the synth i mean when it's like really obviously okay this is some atari sound it's like yeah that's fine but there's times when the synth and the guitar i'm just like i don't know which one this is is this an overly effects laden guitar sound or what I, but yeah, no, to me, um, when I listen to this song, I, I hear music bed for a university of Phoenix commercial, (laughs) maybe a Lexus commercial if we're being charitable. Eh. (laughs) I could definitely, I could definitely see this in a, in a Lexus commercial. I'm sure, uh, those two dudes after touring together in like the same van for the past decade, uh, could could really use that that Lexus money. They'd probably love a Lexus deal. <laughs> yeah. Well, well, hey, if you know that Blink One Eighty Two side project, Angels and Airwaves, that basically just ripped off the, a cult song and hmm. threw that in a commercial, can uh, they, they can do well for themselves? I I I try not. I try not to think too much about the guys from Blink-182 and whatever it is they do these days. <laughs> Travis, Travis Barker is on the new Anti-Mask album, and I get, you know he's a good drummer, so I'm at least eager to see that. I, I, liked, his, I liked his feature on Run the Jewels, too. <laughs> yeah, that's pretty good. <laughs> he was on a, an episode of uh, Charm City Cakes. 
where <laughs> they made <laughs> what? <laughs> yeah, yeah. It was like the the fucking Charm City Cakes guy made like a birthday cake for his like twelve year old son or something because Travis Barker, of course, has like a twelve year old son. Uh, for those of you who started listening to Travis Barker music when you yourselves were twelve, just uh, think about that for a little bit. Well, um, when I was when I was twelve, Blink One Eighty Two had a different drummer, so yeah. Yeah, uh, when 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 you got when you were twelve, I don't think I was alive. <laughs> I just like that 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 Byron openly admits to watching Charm City Cakes. <laughs> I'm, I'm into, I think that's I'm my into... favorite part of this song. I mean, it's way better than uh, Cake Boss. That that's just that's just fucking terrible. Let me let me tell you. Um, no, but uh, uh, I I we can all get into a little you know need a little sweetness in our lives from whatever else is going on in television. At least it's not another tiny home show, you know. I, yeah. Yeah. I, I only mean, watch hey, PBS. I mean, hey, anything anything that's not the rodeo. <laughs> uh. Do you see what I did there? I I got you. I, I am totally you. not trying I am totally not trying to speed this along or anything. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> the next song is Turbo Negro Prince of the Rodeo. <laughs> No, but really, though, the next song is uh, Rodeo Rodeo, um, which uh, pr- probably, like, the, the drum part at the beginning is one of my favorite, like, drum rhythms uh, on the whole album. Um, and then, like, the, the drums and, and arpeggio, like, the, that Adam's doing, um, speeding up kind of into, like, I don't know, if it was, like, another band or something, I would maybe call it, like, a, a breakdown kind of middle mm-hmm. of the way, but then it just goes on for, like, a couple of minutes, like two minutes or so, into another like breakdown there at the end. Um, uh, yeah, I, I think like the way this song just keeps like uh, just keeps getting like bigger and bigger and like kind of like faster and faster and definitely like uh, somewhere around like a, between like a minute and two minutes and stuff uh, where he's doing the like. I I really like that part. Um, Taylor, sample that and make a song out of it. Yes, please. <laughs> it'll 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 be right alongside uh, John's laughter and whatever Boner said that one time when I said I was going to make a song out of it. <laughs> I'm, I'm still I'm anticipating Gret's <laughs> from from the last Sox cast. <laughs> Taylor, we are really just writing your next album for you, just in voice samples. I think I love it. I love it. The 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 socks make people sexy. Uh, electronica album. Yeah, hard style. Uh, well, judging on what the John laughing song turned out like, I don't know if I'd call this an electronica project. <laughs> um, 
It's Socks Wave. Everything's Wave. Socks Wave, yes. There you go. I'm with uh, Byron on this track, though. Um, I like it. It's it it, it 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 like especially from the drumming standpoint, like it's it, there's not been a lot on this album that as a drummer that that that's really got me feeling good about you know anything I'm hearing, but I definitely liked what I was hearing here, um, and the songs definitely got that like like that's like you know like we've mentioned already like there's a lot of a lot of stuff on this album that's just build 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 build. And then just stay there for a while. Yeah, I, I call that post-rock syndrome. Yeah, that's definitely... It, it's, char- it's characterized by an inability to get to the point. <laughs> yeah, they've, they've plateaued and they're going to stay there as long as possible, damn it. It's like, well, what explosions in the sky did it, it was cool. <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, I will I will say that like my bias for this track is like any time I can pick out the guitar sounds where it's not muddled up with something else, mm-hmm. I like it. So it's a win. You know, yeah, they do the plinky guitar thing, and I was thinking here it's like, well, this doesn't really sound like a rodeo, and then it's like, oh yeah, no, here come here come the drums. Here and, come the drums, and it's definitely yeah. a rodeo. Yeah. yeah. And then they... go ahead. Oh, I was going to say, they took a break from sounding like bat. They took a break from sounding like battles and decided to sound like Terramellos for a while. Mm. So the <laughs> the two major impressions I have for, for this are the what I call the last ninja parts, mm. um, because they sound like those little synthesized um, progressions from the Commodore 64 game, The Last Ninja. <laughs> which, yeah, which... Which show up in other parts of the album, but this one also yeah. is um, notable for um, Sega Genesis bass waz, which, Polly, I know you yep, may have played I'm one of them. They're Sega Genesis yep. games. Yeah. A lot of those games have this... Wow. It's, it's like the growl slash belch. <laughs> so it's like whatever Eldritch, harder, whatever Eldritch Horror you're about to fight in your... JRPG final boss battle is probably going to make that noise when it wakes up. Yeah. We tweaked the low pass filter. <laughs> yeah, that's what that is. Uh, it's an alright track, though. I, I can get down with it. Yeah. But, I mean, like, I. When I listen to albums, I sit down and I listen to the whole thing start to stop. So, honestly, my opinion of this song is being colored by the fact that. By the time I get to this point, I'm getting a little sick of this album. We've kind of already checked out. Like, <laughs> see, that's the thing, and it's definitely a problem. It's just like, you know, when I look back at this album at the end, it's going to be kind of weird because I take yeah. things as, like, an album and I like a nice cohesive experience or things to kind of make sense or or yeah. I need to be enjoying Something that it. doesn't sound like a demo reel. Hmm. Yeah. I think... If they had cut It Snows Here Forever and the next song oh, and released this as boy. two separate EPs, I would have come out of this with a much more positive impression than I kind of am coming out of this now that I'm thinking about it. <laughs> yeah, definitely. And you say and you say I have nothing nice to say about it. <laughs> I don't hate this record. Not at all. Not at all. It's just I don't know, it's there's some issues of sequencing. Yes. And 
that this album feels a lot longer than it actually is because it feels like they're playing the same song for 40 minutes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's that's which, that's kind of been it, my entire problem as well. If if they were fish, that would have been a viable strategy. There you go. Mm. Well, that that brings us uh, what Taylor was saying into uh, decollage. I don't even know if I'm pronouncing decollage. 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 It's French for it's French for lift off. <laughs> I'm going to decollage to get the degree. <laughs> good. Um, our good friend De Mac. <laughs> <laughs> Um, but this was this was kind of another like tuning up track uh, yep. when they were playing live. Uh, <laughs> I can like, tell <laughs> this yeah, is a you throwaway. Can, you can tell, uh, yeah, like starting with like the the weird like French counting down. Um, at least, hey, there's like, words on this album. Yeah, yeah, there's there's your lyrical content of counting down a French rocket launch or something. Um, and then like uh, at least like at the end of it, like as opposed to. It snows here. They're like actually playing something uh, there at the end. But yeah, this is essentially uh, just a, a two and a half minute intro to the to the final track um, that they just had to separate. I think actually when my friend uh, who recorded the the live show I was at um, put out put it out. Uh, yeah, they're together. they're the same track. Yeah, on he the just, live he just, version. It's just all one like very long track because they just go right into it. Yeah, each other. it's the college Whittly Wah on uh, yeah. on the on the live album. Yeah, because the the theme of the latter half of this album is things just end. Yeah. It, it, like we're done. All right, cool. Uh, yeah, but to, con- to continue the JRPG theme, this is the flashback music where he remembers his mom right before he, his village got destroyed. Um. <laughs> That's about Boner, I want you to do this with it. every album from now on, regardless of genre. You've got okay. to tie it to the JRPG formula somehow. Oh, <laughs> this could be interesting. <laughs> well, the last album we reviewed had an anime intro, for fuck's sake. <laughs> <laughs> and, the, and the band actually did record an anime uh, intro. God. Yes, they did. Did they? Yeah, yeah. it was for uh, Zero time dilemma i think oh, or virtue slash Last... yeah yeah they did they did they did a song for the trailer for that game that was only in japan yeah mm. <laughs> um, yeah this is just another uh, diversion yeah decollage is pointless that's all i have to say about that song <laughs> yeah um maybe it's decollage yeah 
definitely Dickledge. dicking Peter, around. Under. Peter Dickledge from uh, Game of Thrones. It's that guy. Yeah. He plays Phineas Wizard in Harry Potter. <laughs> uh, well, his, well, his, look. his name is Ben of Each Cumberstone. There you go. We're just getting all the Tumblr stuff out of us today. Uh, I'm, from, <laughs> I'm from Raisincloth House. To, to the final track in the album, uh, which, yeah, definitely, like, the second half of that first part. They're actually, like, the same length, uh, weirdly enough. Yep. And if, if you combined them together, it would turn them uh, into not the longest track on the album. It would um, turn them into half is... of a boring song and then a decent song. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, but but this is... Uh, I, I think this is a good end to the album. Um, the The build up to like the the like tab the, the like fast fast riffs is like really good and hunter and adam just like fucking going like in on it um and then like the end crescendo i think i think works really well uh and then as you pointed out just like them stopping uh just like a clean break at the end uh, i think that works more successful here than on other songs uh and i think the song like wouldn't be served like well by just having some like fade out or some sort of like slowing down to to a like uh, a chiller riff um but but i uh i really like it even if i don't like totally understand uh what the hell they're talking about with the album title or with the song title yeah it, it's very not it's not very wittily wide no not at all yeah <laughs> yeah i i don't know this one this is one that could have stood to be longer provided they did something interesting with it I don't know if I'm more offended that they just cut it off and it's like, okay, that's that's all we had to say, or if they would have just progressed but, you know, not actually changed the sound or anything and been like, well, okay, I'm tired of this now. Um, yeah, I don't know. Like, again, the <laughs> you saying that it's not the... It, those two combined wouldn't be the longest song on the album. It's like, yeah, the, the ones that are longer kind of outstay their welcome and then this was like all right oh it's done okay did did my recording cut off did my did i lose my wi-fi connection yeah the it, it definitely offended me that it wasn't longer because i actually dig what this song is doing but hey i'm not the artist i can't decide when they're when they're <laughs> done and when they're not no, you're, the, you're the fartest i'm the fartest <laughs> But I, you know, it's, there's some, yeah, there are some interesting things going on rhythmically here, and like the the crescendo, decrescendo that they do with the chords, uh, that really stood out to me. So, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. yeah, I mean, it would have been interesting, you know, to see where it would have gone. But maybe, 
it is better to have heard three minutes and lost than to sat there for six minutes and gotten bored. I don't know. Okay. No wiser words have ever been spoken. <laughs> I think as a closing track, the song is pretty punchy and I like it as it is. I just wish it wasn't preceded and like kind of a seamless continuation of the last pointless song. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, definitely. I just don't see what that intro serves this this track at all. The opportunity to make sure everything's tuned right, I guess. <laughs> I, th- I think I think you're definitely onto something with like even this is definitely like if not like a live recorded album, but definitely is an album that like yeah, listening to the live recording like it's one to one the way they play this. So it definitely has the feeling of like a live album that was just like mixed. Uh, mix and produce together yeah yeah it wouldn't wouldn't be the first time i've heard a band do that like they'll you know some bands like old strapping young lad for example they would have intro songs and it's like yeah being live i could see this like getting everybody hype but yeah on an album it's like a minute long and it's like well that exists right yeah i i definitely going into like the production like this is probably one of the probably the like least well-known bands i mean yeah definitely well-known bands like they're they're not uh at all really like they're not signed anywhere uh they're not getting production from interesting people it's just like two dudes uh touring together in their van and the the production value definitely like shows that yes you know i as much as i've complained about the reverb and everything blending together it's like the production's fine when i don't hear that in the left channel over there in the distance weird like click rhythm thing that i swear to god like i don't know how they didn't catch that and be like oh yeah we need to like you know re-record this or something i mean as far as as far as albums that we've run through go this is probably not actually the worst production job. Yeah, like that, that would be that would be Killing Joke. That was mm. yeah, the Killing Joke record. Woo boy, that that guitar sound. Oof. Yeah, they just recorded that straight to cassette. Yep. No. Makes you long for the days of makes you long for the days of Deer Hunter. Oh. <laughs> Not the deer hunter, just the, deer the hunter. Deer hunter, yeah. Going back, <laughs> going back to episode two. Like that I don't remember so any of the ago. music from those games. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure it was banjos. There you so, go. so um, who wants to start the wrap up? You, Byron. <laughs> uh, how about you start it off, Taylor? <laughs> All right, I said I had a one-liner. <laughs> yeah, Let's go. I, I, I was, I've been dying to hear it. Um, it's not going to be funny. So, I basically, my whole opinion of this album can be summed up like this. It's an okay album, but I've heard this done better. <laughs> yeah, that's kind of exactly where I was going to go with my opinion. Like, like I, I don't think it's bad. It's just, it's competent. Yeah, I mean, like, you have battles and caramelos and explosions in the sky to a certain extent let me tell you something there is a compliment i can give this album that i think 
like you know because i don't want byron to go away with hurt feelings here i don't want him to think that we're gonna or like byron i tell you what this isn't pc music volume one <laughs> I'm so how about that <laughs> i wanted you to come away with something positive uh from this experience bronze chorus the summering colon not pc music volume one <laughs> Put that. Uh, they can put that. They can put that on the uh, the promotional sticker for the album. I mean, I. Well, actually, I'm not sure if I like. I like it about as much as I liked 2012 by Killing Joke. <laughs> right up there. Right up there. Right up there. Just like the higher echelons of album recording <laughs> or album listening club lore. Uh... I will I will say that um, PC Music Volume One. I could at least remember what it was called before this morning when I was like, "Oh yeah, we have to record a podcast today." <laughs> what was that album again? Hey, it was certainly a lot. Hey, our eardrums are certainly ringing a lot less than when I made you guys listen to Boris. That's a good point. <laughs> <laughs> no, I uh, uh, I I agree really with with everything that you guys said like i think they're going for a certain sound that much larger uh and and more successful bands have done especially like battles i see as a big uh as a big one um the uh battles actually at one point played at the the music venue that i had mentioned earlier where where bronze chorus had played like kind of before they had gotten really really fucking huge yeah however huge that they got um and so we were definitely, I, I think when booking these guys, it was definitely looking for like a similar type of like post-Rocky sound. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and so, but I do think compared to their previous albums, uh, this is this is probably their best, the best album they've, they've put out for what it's worth. All right, um, so don't so go listen to any of the others. Um, yeah, I, I would, I would say this is like probably, this is definitely like the culmination of their sound. And I think this is, pretty successful um for what they were trying to go to and again just like it's unfortunately like a little bit limited being that they're just two dudes um and so they're really they aren't able to have like different mixings of if they had like a larger band when you'd be able to highlight like certain mixings certain fractions of the band working together um at any point it's literally just like uh, a guitar, some guitar riff, and a guitar loop maybe under that, and then like a drum riff, like uh, maybe doing some weird stuff alongside that, and then like maybe some keyboards in there. Yeah, but that's like, like I am not gonna take away anything away technically from what these guys do. It's still like, despite the fact that I think that the music is really just really middle of the road and kind of boring and too samey. I think that there's still a lot of technical know-how behind it, and I can still appreciate that. Um, it's not something I'm likely to, you know, revisit a lot, if ever again, but it's still, like, an interesting voice that, like, I hadn't heard before and got to listen to because of this podcast, though, so that's still pretty cool. Uh, I mean, I guess that's a valid complaint that if they had a bigger band, the sound would be more fleshed out, but when so much indie rock these days is just one guy producing and a chick singing, then is the bar really that high? <laughs> 
Oh, I feel like another Boner, valid point. I, so my, I feel so, like Boner is really dragging the kills here. <laughs> <laughs> I'm I'm really thinking that the sleigh bells that, actually, but sure. Yeah. <laughs> mm, Ooh, maybe. I could make you guys listen to that next I time. I don't <laughs> think you could. And I think I'll be hitting up Poncho Smith for the replacement boner on the I'm gonna, listening club. I'll get. Uh, I'm sure I can find somebody to take my place. <laughs> now accepting. Uh, um, we we are, we now have openings for two hosts in the album listening club. If interested, hit me up. We 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 we've become a wrestling promotion. Whenever somebody leaves, we just replace them with a fake version of them until the fans <laughs> move them out of the arena. <laughs> it's just like uh, was there uh. Kane started his career as fake Diesel. Yep. And later on, there was a fake Kane. <laughs> well, he was in a mask. Who can tell? Wrestling is fucking stupid, everybody. <laughs> so, so, Byron, are you going to send the link to this recording to the bronzed chorus? <laughs> it's like, hey, guys, do better. Oh, God. I'm going to kick your ass for talking shit. Probably next time, uh... I see them at a show. I'll mention that we do a podcast, and they'll be like, "Oh, what podcast did you on?" And I'll be like, "Um, ah, yeah, I don't remember." Uh, I don't my, remember my brother, my brother, it's... and me. Yes, my brother, my brother, and me. <laughs> <laughs> I, I mean, how how long, how far are we, honestly, until there is a McElroy uh, album review, album review podcast? Yeah, like, we're we're only months at most from that. I'm sure. Um, hours. I, mean, I don't. I don't. Uh, I don't listen to those guys, so this is all going way over my head. Uh, um, I've only listened to the Garfield head on the Pamela Anderson body <laughs> story. It's just. It's just a lot of vor. Let me. I'll, I'll just. I'll just tell you that, Taylor. It's just time till vor. It's thirty John seconds. Nope. I was about to say, no wonder John likes them so yeah. much. <laughs> all um, right. So is that uh is that is that this wonderful album that Byron has brought to us? I I think so. I will take a uh I will take it sounds like we got an average of like thumb shakily held sideways. Uh I, I give it a six point five. I get I, nice. I I give it a five point five. I'll is give this... I'll give it a, I'll give it a solid three point two out of five. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> Can average that, that out? Like... Point four or something, I think. Uh, um, I don't know what that turns into. Probably like a little five-ish, let's say. Let's say five point three five. Two two and a half stars. Uh, four point two zero. I'm feeling uh, a solid five and a half on this one. Um, but yeah, I think I think that wraps it up. Thanks, uh, thanks for for listening along and. Uh, uh, Definitely check out uh, the album on Bandcamp. Uh, definitely uh, throw them some money for, for those listening at home. Throw them some money their way because it's just two dudes in a van uh, touring the country doing what they love. Um, and yeah, I'm looking. Who's who's doing the next album? That would be myself. that would be Michabona. Uh, Boner. I I can't wait to listen to uh, PC Music Volume Two. <laughs> <laughs> I, I can't wait to put a put a picture of that in my phone. Um, yeah. Oh well. Uh, so um, if we're done with the album, I guess we're gonna start wrapping things up here. Um, I'm not sure we'll actually get to another album for the re- an other album review for the rest of the year, 
uh, just given how these things turn out, and we've got the holidays coming up and all that fun shit. Um, but uh, myself and Taylor will be returning once again for our year-end top ten albums of the year podcast. Those will be uh, two hot episodes. Uh, we'll be re- we'll have to be recording sometime, you know, within the first couple of weeks of uh, December. So. Uh, Boy, oh boy, it's time to cut them lists down. I've got like 17, 17 albums on my list right now, and I need to crop it down to 10. Yeah, I'm in a similar position, so that'll be fun. It'll be, it'll be, it'll <laughs> so, be good times. So, Polly, what do we need to do? We need to, we need to listen to more Death Grips? Farewell, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs>